0: So was Saturday's overtime win at Oklahoma State just a case of just another day in the Big 12? Let's talk about it. This is Locked on Baylor.
1: You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to another episode of Locked On Baylor, brought to you by Jace Medical. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I am your host, Cam Stewart. We are still talking about Baylor's thrilling, gutsy, kind of come from behind, although they led most of the second half, win. In Stillwater, ninth straight win at Galgar iber Arena for the Baylor Bears. They win it in overtime, seventy-five to seventy, over the Cowboys. Awesome backdoor cover with Jalen Bridges dunking at the buzzer. And there are some things. There are some negatives to take away from it. So I'm going to start with that. I'm going to start with that and get into the positives. Um, it, it was not a. It was not a great performance, and. There were a few times now while they led most of the second half, there were a few times down the stretch where they could have lost the game. And there was one in overtime, as a matter of fact, where I don't know what Oklahoma state was doing. They had a chance to hold for the last shot and they tried to throw it to a cutter that wasn't cutting. And it just landed right in some, I think it was Jalen Bridges. I honestly don't remember. Some Baylor Bears arms. Um, they just threw the game away. So that that's still a that's a young team at Oklahoma State. Um, contrary to a lot of the other teams in the league that are quite mature. Um, that that is one that is still building, um, and they haven't had a lot of their guys, that had a lot of their rotation that they were hoping for. Um, play a lot of time together, if that makes sense. They've dealt with a couple of different injuries, so they haven't had the lineups out there at the same time that they've been hoping for. Uh, But they did on Saturday, and they they put up one heck of a fight. And so is it a case of Baylor having a bad day, or is this what all the Big 12 road games are going to be like? Well, a little bit of both. In fact, here's what Scott Drew had to say after the game.
2: That's, that's, a, that's a Big 12 game. That's what they're like uh, for all our new guys. Um, uh, I told them, welcome to Big 12, because that's what you get each and every night. Um, we saw it on film. Uh, Coach Boynton uh, has done a great job with this team if they didn't have uh, injuries early. Um, I know they'd be further along right now, but they're really playing well. And uh, uh, to do what he did, losing what they lost, is uh, uh, with quality young players. Hats off to him. And I know they're going to have a real successful uh, rest of the year. So, um, as far as our team goes, uh, we came in as the number one three-point shooting team in the country. I don't think we're leaving that way. Uh, We couldn't buy a bucket from uh, three. Credit uh, Oklahoma State for uh, a really good defense. Uh, And then uh, what happens is if you don't get on a roll, then even if you get a good look, it's hard to get going. So, uh, I credit them. Um, But... With our team, I think uh, the biggest thing was the offensive glass, and really proud of how our guys uh, uh, were able to uh, battle and compete when we're not making shots because a lot of teams, if you get guys that are used to making shots and they miss shots, that starts to affect everything else they do and uh, credit our guys for not letting that happen. And then to have seven turnovers on the road uh, is a sign of a really good team as well. So um, uh, that's all I got. Uh, We were blessed today.
0: Yeah, he makes some good points. Yeah, I I think after sleeping on it for a night, you know, setting aside what I said in the the emotional post games that I do on these Saturdays where I'm doing it right after the game, there's a reason for that. I want a more measured approach here on Monday's show and I think that's right. I think that's right in that it was just a this is what the Big 12 is and it was a day where Everything that could have gone wrong shooting wise for Baylor did. I mean, there's not going to be another game this season where they shoot 13% from three. At least I, God, I hope not. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you, you've you seen it, how much they can fill up from three. They they were the best team in the nation shooting the three pointers going into Saturday's game. And they did say this on the broadcast a couple of times, which obviously was directly told to them in a coach's meeting. But it, Baylor has four or five guys who can hit four or five threes every night like that. That is true. <clears throat> um, It just all kind of. It, and this happens with good shooting teams where everyone goes cold for a night. And th- that's what it was on Saturday. And yet they were still able to find a way and, and gut out a victory Uh Langston love who, um, really saved them at points in that game comes off the bench, 17 points, six of 11 from the field to the point where I had some questions in the post game show on Saturday, whether he should start over Jaden Nunn. And I I wouldn't hate it. Um, I understand why Scott drew. And I think most coaches would stick with Jaden Nunn first off to, you know, get him some momentum under his belt, get him some confidence under his belt. And the the way you're going to do that is keeping him in the starting lineup. Um, He is still getting a feel for big 12 basketball. I mean, this was his first big 12 game, but you know, the style that Baylor and the level that Baylor is playing at um, coming in, in the transfer portal. Um, And I also think they like having a guy who is a defensive stopper in, in the starting lineup and having a guy who plays some pretty good defense, by the way, in Langston Love, who can also be a microwave off the bench. Um, there is no great substitute for that, um, for guys who can come in and score right away off the bench. And Langston Love, his 17 points, led the Bears in bench points for the ninth time this season. So as up and down as his season has been, and you know the downs are not bad, but um, you know, for each of these 17 point nights, which we've seen a couple of, you know, 15, 20s, he would have three or five points the next night. But it's that again, that, that what he could bring you that potential, he can bring you off the bench, which he has proven time and time again. Um, he could be a starter, a lot of other places in this league, a lot of other places in the country. Uh, but right now he works really well as an energizer bunny off the bench, um, who could, Who can fill it up, by the way? I mean, that's not... I don't mean it to sound like game manager for quarterback. Um, He can score, too. He has 17 points a second on the team, only to Ray J. Dennis. And and one thing, uh, speaking of Ray J. Dennis a little bit, one thing that Scott Drew said in that answer, too, was seven turnovers. He won the turnover battle, seven to ten. Um... And when you're facing a hyped-up team that can get in your shirt like Oklahoma State did on Saturday, on the road, game one of the conference schedule, and you only turn it over seven times, that's big. That's big time, it, it especially with some of the turnover struggles they've had this year. I think it was 21 against Michigan State. To have a third of that in a conference road game, true road game, I know Michigan State was a true road game too, uh, that is that is impressive. And that was one thing that I would have said coming into this game is something that could sink Baylor down the line, could be, could be a, a hole in the ship that is that could capsize the thing, is how sloppy they have been at times with the basketball. And that was not the case on Saturday, and they show that, hey, they can clamp it down. And, and when I look at those numbers, the the poor three-point shooting and the low turnovers, that tells me a lot. That tells me they are taking good shots. You know, they are having good looks. Were there some times where the ball gets in Jaden Nunn's hands or Ray J. Dennis's hands and they're thinking, shoot too much? Sure. But they gave a lot of people a lot of good looks on Saturday, and some days they're not falling, and most teams in most environments will lose those games. Baylor did not. They went on the road, and they won a conference game where most everything was going against them. So I've changed my tune a little bit. I'm not that worried about it. If they come out and put up a stinker on Tuesday against BYU, that's another thing, but I don't think they will. But we'll talk a little bit more about that BYU game coming up later in the show. Next, the ladies get another big, and I mean big and lopsided win, and now they head out on the road. We're going to hear from Nikki Collin coming up after this. But first, I got to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. As a matter of fact, we just wrapped up the NFL regular season yesterday. Playoffs coming up next week. How about them Cowboys and the other teams? Um, we've got playoff football. We've obviously ramping it up into college basketball as well. There's still a ton of a ton of ways to get in on the action, and FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one way to do that. And if if just the time of the year isn't good enough for you, how about this? New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose the app it's so easy to use so many different ways you can bet uh so they've got live same game parlays you can find the bets in, in the explore tab and see all all that's going on in there you can make a parlay in the parlay hub so you're not just out there on your own making up your own parlays you can see boy this is crazy enough to work just as well. And you can go find them through that. So it's a way to keep up with with other bettors and see what they're going for. Uh, it really helps for dummies like me to have all these kinds of options. And so what I do is I go to fanduel.com slash locked on to make that first bet a layup. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions do apply. Fanduel, America's number one sports book. Switching it over to the women's side, they come away with a 30-some-odd, I think it was exactly 30, maybe 29-point victory over Houston on Saturday at the Foster Pavilion. They are now 2-0 in that building. They will head out on the road, of course, undefeated on the season, and will likely be in the top five by the time you are listening to this on Monday. And they head out to Kansas and to Iowa State this week. Two teams that have been Excuse me, right near the top of the conference standings the last two years. Of course, Kansas was the the kind of the darling story last year. Iowa State was that way the year before and kept up that momentum last year. So two two tough road games coming off of um a couple of lopsided home victories. So uh, that's that's the beauty about this this conference, not just on the men's side, but it's really becoming this way on the women's side, too, of any given night, man this is a good, good conference. And and when you see, you know, TCU entering into the rankings, West Virginia getting into the rankings. Now they both got humbled by the top two teams in the league this week, but that doesn't mean they're not going to be hanging around there. And and we know the the coaching prowess they've got up at Iowa state and, and what Kansas was able to do last year. Uh, like these are teams that can at Kansas state uh, got a ranked team. So they're, they've got some good top to bottom women's basketball in this conference. And it is, you know, no nights off. We say that for the men all the time, but it's going to be that way for the women too. And, uh, Nikki Collin was talking about on Saturday, she didn't love her, uh, her team's defense in the first half. Now they gave up 33 points, but they had scored 48. Um, and it talked about how that can kind of, confuse things a little bit for teams when they think, well, if I'm getting three and they're getting two, we're going to win. But instead of just clamping down and playing defense, um, and then they turn things around. So she's not going to expect anything less than the ultimate effort out there, which again, is just, it, it's to some degree it is coach talk, but you just love hearing it. Um, I think part of it is because we don't hear that a lot in football, but I'm not going to go too much into that anyway. Now they set out on the road. they've They've won their first three uh, big twelve games. The first one was in Austin, two a little home cooking, and now they got back to back out on the road. And Nikki Collin talked about that as well as the teams they're playing um, after the game on Saturday and what Bears fans can expect going in to those two contests
1: um it's it's part of the game you protect home court and you go steal them on the road and i I think we're good enough to go win on the road and so we just kansas zero and three to start the season really really surprised by that um think they're a really talented veteran roster a little slim um but i think they they have the ability they're a little to me like tcu was coming in here where they're they're good at all five positions they're veteran they have a freshman of the year candidate um that's their fifth starter and and then I think Iowa State, the youth movement. You know they had a lot of transfers out, but I think they're they're really starting to come together. Emily Ryan's getting healthy. and so and that's a really tough place to play. So really good challenge for this team to to continue to play well and find ways to win and, and you know play good team basketball.
0: So yeah, she's not taking anybody lightly. Uh, she, she can't first off because the teams are good. And second off from what she said last week with the, don't poke the bear, you know, you, you respect your opponent and we'll see how the ladies do with that, with those two games. I do expect them to be two Baylor victories. And if I'm being honest, they're probably comfortable victories, but, um, Nikki Collin and the coaching staff are not expecting that every night. In fact, she said it, uh, earlier in the press conference, I didn't include the answer in here, but. She said, you know, I, I watched Houston and I thought, you know, we, we matched up fairly well, but I didn't expect us to win by 30. I never expect us to win a game by 30. And for those of us that have followed the lady bears for years and years and years, it has been pretty reasonable, even in conference games to expect to win games by 25, 30, 40 points. Like, like there is that big a discrepancy in, in the sport, unfortunately. And fortunately Baylor has been that good. Um, but they are not treating it like that, and like I just said before the soundbite, it's it's not your slightly older brother's Big Twelve in terms of you know there's just you know back in the day eight of the ten teams you could just roll over. Um, that's that's not the case anymore, and certainly the coaching staff ex, uh, ex, thinks that as well. And one thing Nikki Collin did also talk about is just the cohesiveness of this team. And she brings up good points in this answer that I'm going to play in a minute here, but basically saying that, you know, we've had some ultra talented teams here in the past, but this team isn't that in that they don't have, you know, a top five WNBA draft pick or or anything like that. They don't have that, you know, five-star top five recruit, right? But they they are greater than the sum of their parts. And what the... Brilliant part is about that team. This team is that they understand that, they understand that, and this is kind of a a lengthy answer, but I think it's really good. She gives some great examples and and explains what she means by this. But here's what Nikki had to say about the cohesiveness of her team and how that's advantageous for them going forward.
1: I think they know, um, you know, they're all really good individually, but they're all so much better collectively, you know, and I think when you embrace that idea of, you know, we don't, we have really, really talented players in our program, but maybe we don't have the number two pick in the WNBA draft this year. Um, But, you know, I mean, it was hard to guard lists, but most people knew who I was going to go to (laughs) in those situations. Now we play to the best matchup. We play um, to the hot player. We play and you know, it means you have to be unselfish at times. You know, there's, there's no doubt um, that Sarah took a lot more shots last year, but right now Sarah's being more efficient than she's ever been in her career. And it's, it's she's just getting better and better at that as quite frankly, I think she, she gets healthier and healthier um, coming off a long off season where she wasn't. Um, but I think it starts with her. It starts with her and Asia and, and Dre and, You know, Dre's played in an NCAA tournament. Sarah doesn't know anything but the NCAA tournament, but Asia's never played in an NCAA tournament. Like, as good as she was at Missouri, as many individual accolades as she has, you know, like she wants to win. She wants that experience. Um, Yaya didn't make an NCAA tournament. And so, you know, we've got some kids that that are, I think, truly enjoying winning and, you know, whatever that means. And it it doesn't mean that they're 100% happy, Um, that they don't score a few more points or don't get a few more rebounds. But I think they recognize that um, it can always be their turn
0: the next time. Which is just great to hear. It's really, it's really cool to hear. And and you see it too, right? You see the buy-in from these players and you hear it from them in the post game pressers as well. We talked about Bella Fauntleroy last week saying, you know, sometimes you, sometimes me, always we. Uh, That's, that's something they clearly, they preach out there and they echo it and they, are so happy for all of their teammates and it, you just don't know who it's going to be night in, night out. In fact, the night that Bella Fontleroy said that Dre Edwards only had two points and she has an awesome game on Saturday. Um, So do a couple other uh, of the bears and you could just see the team basketball out there every night and Baylor in the past, not that they haven't done that, but they, Don't didn't always have to do that. You know, you could go to Melissa Smith or Kalani Brown or Lauren Cox or Nina Davis and just feed them all night, give them 35 or 40 and win the game with one player. Not the case anymore. And they're really have bought into that. Bought in clearly early in the season. And I would dare to say, even going back to last year, they bought in and you see how much it positively affects the players, even like a Sarah Andrews, who's one of the best players in the nation this year. But Nikki said in that, You know, the numbers might not be as good, you know, just counting stats, but her efficiency is way better. And that's what helps the team. And that's why I think you're going to see this team go pretty far, go pretty far. Um, We had a couple of great performances from the Lady Bears this week, but will it be enough to get one of them, the Baylor athlete of the week, which is going to be my new segment for Monday shows? We'll see. But first, we've got another message before we get to Baylor's Athlete of the Week. I know we come to sports and to this podcast to escape some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about being prepared for real life? Can we just do that for a second? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And that is scary. I can't imagine a more hopeless feeling than if one of my loved ones got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we're going to be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any one of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared Than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your first order. That's Jace Rhyming with Case, J-A-S-E-Medical.com and use the code offer code locked on for $20 off that first order. Closing things out on a Monday and I'm starting it with kind of a new segment here. I I record these on Sundays. I know that's crazy. Uh, but I record the Monday shows on Sundays and it, you know, not only gives me a chance to, to breathe coming off of a a Saturday basketball game or football game, but it also kind of gives me a chance to look back on the week. And so what I'm going to start doing is a little Baylor athlete of the week segment and give this, one person, their flowers. Usually I'm giving the team their flowers. Uh, but I do like to do it to individual players as well. And this was a tough one this week because, um, I don't know that this person was the hero in either of the games he or she played this week, but was pretty darn solid in both. And the growth of this player in, in a short time has been so impressive and, the person I'm giving it to this week is, is one of my favorite players, to be totally honest with you. You hear me talk about this player a lot. And that is freshman sensation, Eve Meesey. Eve Meesey is getting the athlete of the week. And that is through two games, uh, one at the the first one at the Foster, and then Saturday against Oklahoma State. He is a pretty darn good. Darn good two games. He combines for 29 in those games. Uh, he scores the first basket ever at the Foster Pavilion. So shout out to Eve Messi for being that the answer to that trivia question years down the line. And he has a great game against Cornell, which had some physical bigs. Um, he goes perfect from the floor, eight for eight, career high, 16 points, a double, double in both games. He has 13 and 10 against Oklahoma state. And and I did give him some flowers in the post game show on Saturday Uh, because I thought he was doing great things without the basketball. Um, if you're a soccer fan, you'll, you'll know that runs are really important. You know, even if a striker isn't touching the ball, but they're running through the middle and going full, full, full pace they're bringing defenders with them and they're bringing attention with them. And that can often lead to attention going away from where the ball actually is. And that's what Eve Meese does a lot in the paint where he's got guys driving. It may seem simple, but instead of kind of walling off guys, he's kind of running around in the paint and he's a dunker. So, I mean, guys have to go with him. They have to respect him. How many times is Ray J Dennis going to drive down the lane instead of going for a layup, going to lay it up for an alley-oop? You know, so you have to respect him, and he has really found a great innate understanding of that and the offense, and it it helped them a lot on Saturday for a day where threes weren't falling. Um, it was helping big time get some get some twos, uh, some easy twos, as a matter of fact. And they are going to need him big time. I mean, they always need him, right? I, I think he's one of the most important players on the team. But uh, looking at the BYU matchup tomorrow, which we're going to have a crossover and preview that game in depth for tomorrow's show to get you ready before the Tuesday night tip-off. Uh, that rebound, that team can rebound, BYU, <laughs> and they can really shoot. Uh, they and, B- and Baylor were the two three-point shooting just behemoths of this conference uh, and still are going into this game. But where BYU has an advantage over a lot of teams is on the boards. Now, looking at Big 12... <laughs> At big 12 rankings, uh, overall rebounds per game, BYU number one, Baylor 14th, which is last in the conference, uh, offensive rebounds, BYU fourth, Baylor seventh. So they move up quite a bit in that one, but then we go to defensive rebounds. BYU is first, Baylor is 14th again. Now here's where it gets interesting. Now this will show you, uh, how good an offensive team Baylor is. Opponents rebounds. BYU only 4th, only 4th in the conference. Baylor first, meaning they give up the least amount of rebounds to their opponent. That's that's a scary number to be 14th in overall rebounding but first in opponents rebounding. That means this team doesn't miss a lot. They take some good shots and Scott Drew talked about it earlier in the show, and I didn't really address it in there in his answer. But that was the offensive rebounding was one of the big reasons they were able to win that game on Saturday against Oklahoma State, and why they why they won that game was they missed a lot of threes, yeah, but they got a good amount of second chances, and that's something Baylor has been, I mean, great at for years, but especially. That 1920 season and beyond, when they made that turn to an elite basketball program, is offensive rebounding. And it's something they didn't have a, a lot of last year. Um, Jalen Bridges got better at it as the season went on, but Flo Thamba just didn't give you much of anything in, in the rebounding department on either end. Um, and they do have that this year, and Eve Meesey is, is a big reason why uh, he's not the only reason why, but he's the big reason why uh, great rebounder and a guy who again draws a lot of attention on the boards. And you see that when a guard pulls down an offensive rebound, it's probably because a couple of guys are, are uh, trying to body up Eve Messi and they, and he gets all of their attention. So Eve Messi, player of the week, Looking ahead, Baylor got that ranked matchup on Tuesday against BYU. We're going to have a full breakdown of that tomorrow. How do you think the Bears are going to stack up? How do you think the Lady Bears are going to do in these two road tests coming up for Nikki Collins, ladies? Let me know what you think down in the comments below. Any comment helps out the algorithm, so we really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe. That helps out a ton. And be sure to follow along with making it your first listen today and every day. We're the only place that is giving you Five days a week, nothing but strictly Baylor athletics content that isn't coming straight from the university. And we're proud of that. Anyway, we'll have more tomorrow breaking down BYU and the surprise Cougars who are still going to be in the rankings as you're listening, even though coming off a loss to Cincinnati and what kind of danger they could provide for the Baylor Bears Tuesday night at the Foster Pavilion. We'll see you then. This is Locked on
2: Baylor.